Welcome back to Central Coast Stories. And if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. I'm your host, Kayleen Bell. I'm a journalist, audio producer, storyteller, and I live on the Central Coast. And I'd like to acknowledge the Aboriginal land on which this podcast is produced and also pay my respects to the Aboriginal people who walked on this country. So far, the stories I have featured on Central Coast Stories have been light-hearted, artists and musicians, but every now and then a story comes along that just needs to be told. Today's guest is Craig Gaunt. He is the founder of the Debbie Gaunt Foundation. Craig started this foundation to raise awareness of perimenopausal depression and to provide a place that could support women going through perimenopause. He did this because his wife, Debbie, tragically died by suicide in 2019. Even though today's story has got serious themes, I just hope that you'll stay with us because it's a really important conversation, not just for women, but for men, for their families, for society. And during today's discussion with Craig, I'll be sharing some information from Professor Kulkarni. Craig reached out to Professor Kilkarni from Monash University after the loss of his wife and he said that the help and support that he has received from them has been outstanding. And I spoke with Professor Kilkarni. She's the director of HER, HER Centre Australia and the head of psychiatry department at Monash University. She gave me this important statement to read out in today's episode. Perimenopause starts in the brain with symptoms of depression, anxiety and brain fog, concentration and memory changes. About four to five years before body symptoms, the average age of perimenopause onset is 43. In the show notes today, they are going to be jam-packed with some links for you. This is not an extensive list by any means, but hopefully you can find something in that list that helps you with where you're at right now. Before we get into today's episode, here are some numbers for you to write down to use if needed. And I encourage you, if today's episode raises any issues for you, please call Lifeline on 1311. And you can also call the Suicide Callback Service on 1300 659 467 at any time during today's episode or after. Thank you. Now to today's chat with Craig. And just a short statement before we start. Today's episode does provide information and discussion about perimenopause, but Listeners are encouraged to seek their own medical advice and support from their primary health physicians. Craig, welcome to Central Coast Stories podcast. Thank you for coming in to have a chat about the Debbie Gaunt Foundation and your story. Could you please, just for the audience, give us a little bit of an indication of who you are? Okay, thanks for having me to start with. My name's Craig Gaunt. I was married to Debbie before she passed and we've started this foundation to try and help other women out there who are suffering through perimenopause. A lot of them probably don't even know that it's happening to them, which is pretty 
pretty sad this day and age. It is. And your foundation is also to help men as well, isn't it, and families? Well, exactly, because a lot of guys don't know what's happening. Lots of women don't know, guys don't know, and they're probably getting frustrated and cranky. And women, I think, need to someone look at the outside and say, There's, something's wrong. Yeah. And it's hard sometimes to do that if you're a close partner. It can be hard to say that to someone who maybe is behaving irrationally. Well, especially if you don't know what's going on. So Exactly. If you've got an idea and another thing is to have an answer, have an answer and say this is what you need to do because there's a lot of help out there. There is, but you've got to search for it, don't you? You've got to search for it and, and there's a lot of doctors and stuff don't know even what it's about either. No, that's true. True. My own personal experience is the same of that. It's interesting, you know, well... Ironic, really, I'm 52. Uh, Debbie was 52 when she died. I am in perimenopause and I've only just become aware myself. That's what the last crazy seven years were about. I wish I had known back then what was happening. But that's the thing about it. We, We said at the beginning when you arrived that perimenopause, the awareness of it is often retrospective. Can you explain a little bit more what you mean by that? From the experience, it's the only way you can know is something's going wrong and think something's not right. And I think a lot of women are told menopause is hot flushes and your period just stop, which is it's totally not true. Now, it is true that when a woman has reached menopause, her periods have stopped. But what Craig's talking about here and what the Debbie Gaunt Foundation hopes to achieve is to raise awareness for the period leading up to menopause, known as perimenopause, which is rarely discussed. This is the period that we heard about in the beginning where mental health effects can be mild to severe. It's the period coming up to that, which is the danger period, where your hormones are all going all over the place and affects your brain and the women have been told the wrong thing for for years. I agree with you completely. I've always associated menopause with just uncomfortable hot flushes. Um, that's basically what I thought the main symptoms were. Yeah. But there is a lot of mental health symptoms surrounding perimenopause, which we're going to get into in just a minute. Your father, you've got two kids. Yeah, I've got a daughter, Hayley. She's 24 and Jack, my son, is 22. So how old were they when their mother passed? Oh, three years ago, so 19 and 21. It's quite a turbulent time, lots of change in the family, lots of change in the family dynamics. Perimenopause can bring in a dynamic, I think, of conflict. Yeah, and they don't know what's happening to them. And the kids don't know, and the husband doesn't know. No. What was Debbie like? She's just all about the kids. She just loved them and did everything for them. She's just a happy person, talked to everybody. She went to the shops, it was a three-hour trip. Was just talking to people. Really? Yeah. And did that change? In the last two weeks, yeah. She wouldn't make eye contact with the friends and mm. instead of just bailing them up and talking to them. But she was sick as well at the same time. She had the flu, so it was yeah. very hard to sort of pinpoint, but we knew something was wrong, but it was just too quick. Yeah. When did you first notice a change in Debbie? Or did she notice any changes in herself that she told you about? Well, apparently she was asking Hayley about her period. Derby's must have been getting irregular, so she had a bit of an idea, and I sort of knew as well. Because they normally line up, you know, mother and daughter, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. yep. So I knew something was amiss. I was thinking menopause or something like that. Was that a few months before she died? No, that was two weeks. Oh, wow. 
Wow, that is quick. So she hadn't been having perimenopausal symptoms that you were aware of or she was aware of? No. In hindsight, looking back, she was probably a bit funny for a month. They're just a bit sort of withdrawn-ish, but nothing that you would have been alarmed about. Yeah. So you didn't really have time to notice how she changed? No. Because she was sick as well, it made it harder. She had the flu and so she was sick off work and, and she rang up and said she wasn't coming to work and was still home. I didn't know that she had another week off. When did she die? What month, what year? It was 30th of May, 2019. Three years ago? Yep. And as far as the family were concerned, the shock was enormous? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just like there one day, next day, gone. She was not herself. She was fixated with tax stuff and thought she'd done it wrong and we went to the accountant and they were in shock because she always had everything perfect because she did the books for the business and she worked at the school as well. And so she's worried, anxious. Anxious, thinking she'd done wrong and wrecked it. So would you call that paranoid thinking? Yeah. Because that's one of the symptoms? Yeah, paranoid and psychosis. Just She didn't know. I met her there and she gave me this big box of all files and stuff. I took him in and the guy's just looking like, what's this? And he went through the box because she gave it to him and took it back. Normally I just sit there and she does all the talking. She couldn't talk. Mm. She just sat there and couldn't talk. Apparently in that box was stuff from 2014. Apparently she went back that next morning and got the box back. So that's a really unusual... Yeah, because normally everything's spot on. But looking at that as an isolated symptom, you could easily just think, well, she's under pressure, she's stressed. Was, and I thought once we, because I didn't want to say anything to her when she was fixated on this because she would have, I thought, well, she would just bite my head off. So, mm-hmm. you know, you need to go to a doctor or something. Mm-hmm. But she was gone the next day. So after that tax visit, she's gone the next day. Next night, her uh, accountant rang me and said, we've talked to her and smoothed it all over and it's all good. And, and so you're thinking everything's fine? Yep. When did the penny drop for you and the kids that this was perimenopausal? Well, because I knew what was happening with her periods and that, and I thought after she was, she was gone, I'm going, well, I'll just Google it and just see what the go is. So I've punched in suicide and menopause, and all of a sudden these warnings come up, beware suicide risk. So I'm like, oh, my God, where? What made you look up perimenopause? I didn't know what that was. I just Googled menopause, and then the suicide came up, beware the risk, and had the age groups and... And then you started digging in. And then I, I actually sent an email to the professor that wrote it. That's a lady, Jayshari Kalkani. Yes, I have her article here that I just read before you came in, actually. Very good article on perimenopausal depression, an under-recognised entity. In this article, she goes on to say that the highest age suicide rate for females in 2015 was 45 to 49 And then the second highest was women aged between 50 and 54. And also it goes on to say it's important for health professionals to consider whether women who experience depressive and anxiety symptoms for the first time in their mid-40s are actually experiencing depression related to perimenopausal hormone fluctuations. But your wife didn't have anything in her 40s that you're aware. So that makes it even harder, doesn't it? Well, it does, yeah. Because even if you'd had this information... For her, even if you had the information and you go to a doctor, like, what do they do if, if you can get into one? A lot of doctors don't know about it. And I had the pleasure of speaking briefly with Professor Paul Carney after I interviewed Craig. And she spoke to me about an article that she's written on perimenopausal depression. It was published in The Australian Doctor and it's called How to Treat. I'll put that link in the show notes. 
Professor Kulkarni says depressive symptoms are common in women experiencing transition to menopause. Some studies have described up to 16-fold increases in the development of depression in women aged between 45 and 52. Most women do not experience significant mental ill health during the transition to menopause. As estimated, 20% of perimenopausal women will present to their primary health care physicians with depressive symptoms that may not be recognised specifically as perimenopausal depression. Perimenopausal depression was marked by often milder sadness symptoms of depression, but with increased anger, reduced sleep quality and increased fatigue that was independent of sleep quality. The perimenopausal woman and the menopausal woman who experiences chronic sleep deprivation can have a poor quality of life because of the deleterious effects of insomnia on her work, health and relationships. In treating mood disorders that arise in association with menopause, Primary health physicians, gynaecologists, endocrinologists, psychologists and psychiatrists may all be required. Either a psychologist or a GP with mental health expertise can provide required supportive or exploratory therapy. Other useful approaches include discussions about regular exercise, mindfulness techniques, yoga and dietary advice. Minimising alcohol use is also very important for mental state and physical health impacts. For mild depression without suicidality in middle-aged women, when the doctor is confident there are some physical symptoms suggestive of perimenopausal changes, hormone therapy alone may be appropriate. It's important that menopause hormone treatment is part of an overall strategy, including lifestyle recommendations, regarding diet, exercise, smoking and alcohol for maintaining the health of midlife women. What surprised me about that article that we just spoke about is the symptoms of perimenopausal depression. And you've got them listed on your Debbie Gaunt Foundation Information Package. I'm just going to say them for people listening. Low energy, paranoid thinking, irritability and hostility, decreased self-esteem, isolation, anxiety, somatic symptoms, sleep disturbance, weight gain, decreased sexual interest and problems with memory and concentration. What did Debbie have off that list? She had the problems with concentration. Um, uh, Self-esteem went down in those few weeks. She just kept saying, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And her psychosis. Paranoid thinking? Paranoid thinking, yeah. When we went to the accountants, because Jack was home with her, Jack's my son, she came up to Jack and she gave him a little bag and said, if we don't come back, just take this bag and go. I think it was a couple hundred bucks and a jewellery in it. And we were only going to the accountants. Oh, wow. Did you know about this? Afterwards. She said she just hugged him and then sort of collapsed and then she was all right. Because she didn't want to go to the accountants. I had to talk her into going. I said, you've got to come. She goes, it's so bad. You've got no idea about the books. And every time I said, we'll fix it, she, it can't be fixed. Stop saying it. She'd go off her head. And she just had just lost that reality. That's really sad, Craig. Oh, it is. So the best way to describe it, I think, is if you ever go to a hypnosis show, when they get people, they'll eat an onion and then they'll think it's an apple. That's how easily the brain can change and tricked. She was convinced this was a major disaster for your family? Yep, and it's all her fault. Yep. Even when the accountant told her everything was fine? She couldn't 
understand. For someone who was just so over everything, you know, everything was under control, she probably didn't know what was going on. She's probably thinking she's going mad. And it happened so quick. So do you think it was a fear response for her? Not fear, just thinking she'd just wrecked everything for us. Just think she'd let everyone down and you couldn't convince her otherwise. And that's what I thought once we've been in the accountants and it's all sorted out, then I can say, listen, let's get you to a doctor, whether she would have went or not, I don't know. That's the other thing, like, if you don't know this, what's happening to you, you think, well, you're taking me to the doctor, like, why? Well, as a family unit, it's all happened so quickly for your family. You told me that on the phone, but that's quite um, a shock how fast that happened. From that experience and what the Debbie Gaunt Foundation is set up to do, what do you hope the Debbie Gaunt Foundation achieves? To help people. I know since I've been doing this, so many stories from women that are struggling and don't know how to get help. We want to be the awareness so people know, okay, I'm not feeling right, it's not me, and I'm going to be okay, there's somewhere I can go. What's the response that you've had to the Debbie Gaunt Foundation? Like, um, do you get your phone numbers listed on the information package, your email? Do you get inundated? No, I haven't. I'd like to, but that's what I say. Like, people ring up, we don't have the answer now. That's what we're working on and saying, okay, we got an answer for you, a place to go, a clinic. That's where this telehealth is coming into, which I think is going to be really a good thing. It's a new age of trying to help people, especially rural areas. I agree. Telehealth is going to be a game changer. Although besides the mental effects of perimenopause, there is a whole range of physical effects as well. Well, that's the thing. You need to find a GP that knows about it too and knows what to do. So that's what we're here for. In my experience, when I have been with some of my own symptoms, they don't really want to engage in talking about it. I think that needs to change. I think GPs could do a lot more in education and I believe the Debbie Gaunt Foundation has a goal to educate GPs. What's happening there? Well, we've funded a course with Monash to train GPs on this. Can you tell me a little bit more about your partnership with Monash Alfred Psychiatry Research Centre and this is the Women's Mental Health Division. Can you tell me a little bit more how you're working with them? Well, the first thing we did, we went down there and saw them and they have a clinic down there that they treat the women and the time we went down there, there was 280 women on the waiting list to get in. Just from that area too, I imagine. Yeah, well, they don't advertise or, or do anything like that. So we went down there and we saw them and they were working on a course for the GPs to help train doctors so they knew about it. Now, this online course is designed for health professionals working with women across the lifespan and is especially relevant to general practitioners, obstetricians, gynaecologists and psychiatrists. The content draws on the latest in psychoneuroendocrine research, including the extraordinary work of the Monash Alfred Psychiatry Research Centre's Women's Mental Health Division. The course will be made up of four modules, adolescence, perinatal, midlife and aged. The donations from the Debbie Gaunt Foundation have funded Module 2, the Midlife Module. And sections in this module include Introduction to Midlife, Cognition in the Perimenopause, Perimenopausal Depression, Complex Trauma Disorder, Psychotic Disorders, Addiction and Family Violence. Each module takes about five hours to complete at your own pace online and you have 12 months to complete it. And Professor Kulkarni told me that this course is not just for GPs. 
and Professor Kul Kani is internationally recognised for her expertise in women's mental health and the treatment of mental illness and is a passionate advocate of patient-focused mental health research. Does it surprise you that there isn't already modules of education for GPs around this area of perimenopause? Because it surprises me. Well, it's wrong. We should know when we could be entering perimenopause decade. The awareness is retrospective. That's got to change. 100%. It's like a bowel cancer, let it sit out to you. If women hit 40, they say, listen, this is going to be happening to you. And it's not a joke. It's a serious, it's not just hot flushes. And it's not when your period stops. That's before that, that your body's struggling with all these hormones. Yeah. And like anxiety and these other symptoms. that I just saw on Instagram that they were doing a survey about menopause and divorce that only came up yesterday so they're only just starting perimenopause symptoms can bring conflict that's correct because the men don't know and the women don't know what's going on and someone's behaving irrationally or out of character yeah and that's the other thing is even if you think it is what do you do where do you go for people listening they can look at the debbie gaunt foundation we have a Facebook page, website. We're under the Iris Foundation. Yes. Tell me about your connection with Iris Foundation. They've been fantastic. Because when we first tried to set up a foundation, it was just so hard. I was getting nowhere. We had to have three directors that aren't related, and it was just so hard. And then I spoke to Sue from the Iris Foundation, and she said, well, we can just auspice you. They're like a sponsor. We just go under their wing. Without them, it wouldn't happen. And I had a quick chat with Sue from the Iris Foundation, and she provided me with this little recorded message Iris Foundation works on the Central Coast to reduce the risk of suicide. We have a key focus on prevention. And Debbie Gaunt was a member of our community and business network. And when we heard that Craig was looking to create his foundation, we reached out to offer him support through an auspice agreement. Craig had opened our eyes to an area that had rarely been spoken about. The highest proportion of deaths by suicide occur during midlife for women. And it was more than interesting to know about the data and research in the area of perimenopause and menopause. Craig and his family, they're breaking new ground. And Iris Foundation's proud to support their journey and contribute where we can to the awareness of perimenopause and its often challenging impacts. So the money that you raise, do they look after that too and pay it to where it needs to go? Yep, it goes all into their account under us and they dish it out. In fact, your family has put $20,000 of their own money in to start this. Yeah, to get the course off the ground and get it started. And then we went out and raised another 24500 And you've, how have you raised that 24500 Uh We had a golf day and we raised 11500 and the rest has just been people donating. So what's the feedback been to, from the community to you, Craig? Because obviously you've done the golf day and you raised money. So there must be a lot of people who see the value in 100%. 100%. That's why we want to keep going and get it to the stage that we want to get to where we can say, this is what you can do. This is where you go and actually help people to get help. They can go to Debbie Gaunt Foundation Facebook, but then also Monash also have some resources don't they yes yeah i'll put all these in the show notes they do trials you can put your name down for trials and they have the clinics and they're linked in with the alfred hospital so they work between the alfred hospital and the monash university they get the doctors from the hospital and it's all covered by medicare what about people that live here on the central coast obviously they can't go to monash physically where can they get help well that's what we're trying to get happening here on the coast on our page there is a list of doctors who do have an interest in perimenopause and menopause. I think it's the Australasian Menopause Society. The Australasian Menopause Society that Craig just mentioned provides a range of educational material and resources on midlife 
and the menopause for the benefit of women and their health professionals. They also have a link where you can find an AMS doctor who have a special interest in women's health in midlife and menopause. They have lots of resources and a helpful information sheet called Mood and the Menopause. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. The Australasian Menopause Society is also holding the 25th annual AMS Congress in Cairns at the Convention Centre on the 9th to the 11th of September 2022. This will have both on-site and online attendance options. If you can't make it in person, you can see all the presentations as an online delegate. There'll also be a link to that in the show notes. The government just announced, I think it's $40 million package for telehealth and clinics and stuff to help people, just menopause in general. That's on our um, Facebook. The funding announcement that Craig is talking about is an announcement made by the Honourable Bronwyn Taylor, Bronnie Taylor, Minister for Women, Minister for Regional Health, Minister for Mental Health. She put out a media release on the 10th of June 2022 about $40 million in funding for menopause services. This is an Australian first. Women struggling with menopause will get access to a network of dedicated health services thanks to more than $40 million in funding from the 2022-23 New South Wales budget. Treasurer Matt Keane said around one in five women experience severe or prolonged menopause symptoms, but not enough are able to access targeted health support. He said this can have profound effects on not only a woman's health, but also her financial security as she is forced to spend or forego income to look after herself. He said, that's why we're establishing 16 holistic menopause services across New South Wales, helping to break down social stigmas around discussing and seeking treatment for menopause. Minister for Women Bronnie Taylor said the New South Wales government will also launch a statewide education and awareness campaign focusing on perimenopause and menopause symptoms, education for GPs and employers. Mrs Taylor said women often experience very difficult symptoms of perimenopause and menopause in silence. I want them to know they no longer need to keep calm and carry on. Together we can smash the taboo. The four new hubs and 16 services across New South Wales will support around 5,500 women each year, including virtual consultations for women who cannot attend a service in person. These services will provide expert advice for women experiencing severe menopausal symptoms and address the associated health risks such as fractures, risk of stroke and heart disease. President of the Australasian Menopause Society, Dr Karen McGrath, has welcomed the investment and said knowledge of and education about menopause is still quite limited given it has traditionally been a taboo topic. In previous generations, women were expected to deal with it quietly. But today's women expect information and treatment options. Uh, do you think there's enough information out there for men when you were searching? There's none. So when you experienced this great tragedy and you're wanting to find other men in your situation, was it impossible? Yeah. There's not much out there for women, let alone men. You have not talked to other men that have experienced the loss of a wife through... 
perimenopausal changes. No. And I don't know, there's a, probably a lot of guys out there that had the divorce thing when all of a sudden their wives just changed and went. Or the men left because they couldn't stand it and they didn't know what was going on. Yeah. How many big guys would be out there saying they just changed? They just lost the plot. How long were you and Debbie married? Oh, my guy, we don't know that. <laughs> Do you know the year you got married? 97. I think it was about 23 years, I think, when she passed away. I was just asking you whether you found other men going through the same thing and you, you said no and you still haven't. So as a man, do you wish you'd known about perimenopause to help Debbie? Oh, 100%, yeah. But I still go back to the point where I wouldn't have known what to do. What would I have done? You know, if I'd have booked into the doctor and what do you say? This is what we want to try and change where people know what is happening and they actually got a specialised doctor they can go to. The first telehealth can be the first point of call. Absolutely. And you just posted another valuable link, which I actually shared with you, which was Wellfem. And they are a national telehealth support for women with perimenopause, run by GPs. A great resource, actually. So there is a lot of stuff out there and, and, and there's more coming as people are becoming more aware. But we need to get the message out to the women of what's happening to them instead of all they're all suffering and it's sort of they come too late. Yeah. Wellfem's website says they exist to ensure that all Australian women have access to evidence-based menopause and perimenopause care. Their team of caring and motivated menopause doctors deliver telehealth perimenopause consultations Australia-wide. They also provide high-quality evidence-based menopause information through their website, webinars and social media channels, and you can find them at wellfem.com.au. And their website also states, if you can't find the professional help you need for your perimenopausal symptoms, then book a telehealth consultation with an expert Wellfem menopause doctor. And it's a lot of it can be helped with just diet and exercise as well. So it's not like you'd instantly have to go on hormone replacement or anything either. Because some women can't do hormone, but they should see their GP for that advice. But you can make lifestyle changes that support you, yes. your mental health through this time. It would be a good thing to have all women that can get on together and talk to each other. And Yeah. Do you have any plans for creating even groups for dads or husbands, groups for women? Do you have any plans? Not at the moment, no, we don't. But I think that's something that will eventually happen, hopefully. There are many, many more people talking about perimenopause and hopefully that continues. Just in the media in the last few years or months, we've had rocker Rod Stewart come out in November 21 and tell Forbes magazine that education about menopause for men needs to be improved. Also, Alison Datto, she's the wife of actor Cameron Datto, who recently starred in the movie How to Please a Woman. Alison told Mamma Mia that perimenopause had been another challenge for her marriage. She said, we've faced harder experiences as many long-term relationships often will, though this one did spin us both around for some time because of the way it affected our intimate and physical relationship. She goes into very candid explanations of her perimenopause journey in her book, Queen Menopause. So is the number one goal of Debbie Gaunt Foundation, is the number one goal education? Education and having an answer for where you can go. Education and assistance. Yeah, and education needs to start 30, 40, not when it's too late. I absolutely agree. Finding out about it in your 50s 
is not good enough. It's not. And I don't know how it's got to this stage in this day and age where it's got this far. Shelley Horton, lifestyle presenter and columnist, has been very vocal on perimenopause after she said when perimenopause hit her, she had no idea what it was and it sideswiped her. And I absolutely agree with that statement for myself. Shelley said she is furious that peri and menopause is not taught in schools. Shelley said perimenopause also hits women at the peak of their careers, and yet it's certainly not discussed in the office. Um, we talked about Iris Foundation. We've talked about uh, Monash. Is there anything else you want to say about either of those organisations? Just the Iris. They're doing an amazing job out there too. They, they've got an early intervention program in the schools they look after the kids which is all tied in because i think a lot of it's what happens to people has a lot when they're younger too mm, and, and their programs all around resilience isn't it yes yeah yeah none of this would have happened without their help and i can just pick up the phone anytime and ring them and they're always happy to, to do whatever they can to help and they've got someone dedicated to this now i think her name's vanessa vanessa allen she's our community engagement officer and her sole efforts go into this no she works she still is a counselor of the kids as well and she just does part-time with us just getting us up and running. Also another woman in perimenopausal age I saw on your Facebook. Yes. She introduced herself actually on the Iris Facebook page. People yeah. can go there. So let's just talk about some of the key achievements, all the money that's gone to Monash. That's your key achievements. This education program for doctors, 44500 major effort. It goes on the Monash website. To do that course would have been like $100,000 or something. They've already got the platform there. They were working on getting accreditation because doctors have to get so many points every year. So I haven't spoken to them for a while. They were almost had that approved. But again, I just come back to why does it take private fundraising to get education around an area that every woman's going to go through menopause if they make that age? Yeah, and, and it can happen any time. It can happen to younger women too, yeah. Telehealth is going to be a blessing to this. Yeah. Education's needed. Monash were doing that when we first went down there. They were doing that to help all the women out in the country areas that couldn't get into Melbourne. So that was before it all kicked off. But 280 women on a waiting list. That was two, three years ago. Let's just think about that. What if those women or some of those women are at crisis point? Yeah. That's too long. That's the first thing we thought. That's wrong. They don't advertise. They don't do anything. That's just women coming to them for help. People can initially also, any suicidal thoughts, please reach out to Lifeline Beyond Blue. These places can help. They can help straight away for anyone listening, can't they? They can. And just people too, like your family and friends. And just that's why it'd be good to have like groups of women. They can just get on and send a message or get online and talk to each other that are going through the same thing. I'd love to see that as well. I was also thinking when we have our babies, we have antenatal groups, yep. we have uh, mother's groups, we get together, we talk about all the same things we're experiencing, but when you get to this age, you're on your own. And one of the key things that we just talked about here on symptom of perimenopausal depression is isolation. Mm. It's not good. It's probably one of the most dangerous symptoms there because you saw that happen in Debbie. Yeah. She isolated herself, even though it was only briefly, it was enough that she didn't get the help that she needed. Yes. Without going into too much detail, breaching your children's privacy. Yep. But how have they come to terms with what happened? Well, we were all doing it tough, but we are all come together. And we've got a sort of different family now than we would have had if Debbie was still around. 
because mm. we're just the three of us now. So we go places together. We go down, go to the football in Manly and stay together. And so it's a different, it's a good thing. Good. So you feel like it has, your family's closer. Yes. Are they involved in the foundation? Yeah. Yep. Jack come down the first time. They all came down the second time. And also, I asked you, when you looked around, could you find men that had lost a wife because of perimenopause? Did your kids look out to try to find other children who had lost a mum? Not that I know of, no. A lot of people probably don't know. Yeah, or that I put it down to perimenopause. It was only that I just went online and I knew what stage she was having and then I just Googled it. That's the only reason I'd know. Otherwise, it would have been just another undiagnosed case. You were grieving? You could easily not have looked into it at all. Well, I think we're still in shock at that stage. and just Wanting answers. Yeah. What, what the hell just happened? Yeah, what happened? Yeah. What would be your ultimate dream for the Debbie Gaunt Foundation to achieve if money wasn't an obstacle? A uh, clinic on the Central Coast. Our main goal. And what would you like to see in that clinic? Pretty much the same as like Monash have. They have a psychiatrist, endocrinologist, endocrinologist, and a GP in there. And you go in there and you see them all. The doctor checks you out, checks your thyroids and your diabetes and checks all that sort of stuff out. And the psychiatrist checks you out. One place, one location. One place. And telehealth is going to make that so much easier. And also I think in that one place, wouldn't it be lovely to see a few lounges set up and some tea and coffee where women could actually meet other women and talk to each other. That'd be fantastic, wouldn't it? And then the goal is to also bring men into the conversation more. Yes. I think men get a bad rap sometimes when it comes to women's issues. Well, if you guys don't know, how are we supposed to know? Exactly. But men need to be encouraged to read up on this, yep. understand what's going on. Support, you know, if, if the exercise and the diet is going to help you and you're husband knows that and helps you got to make it a lot easier and you don't have to do it in a a mansplaining way you can just make sure when you want to go out and do something you go for a walk on the beach or you know you can just bring in that exercise because exercise can really help with anxiety the research i've been doing getting up and moving yeah go and walk the dog in your information package which people can download which is an excellent information package on the debbie gaunt foundation they can go to the website and download it it's a wonderful information pack about why you started the foundation what it's achieved so far what the hopes are and uh, in there you have the debbie gaunt family promise could you just read that for us on behalf of every life that has been lost every family that has been torn apart every woman who has suffered thinking it's her fault every child who's watching their mother change into a different person. If this sickness or disease is listening, if you can hear us, you've picked the wrong person because we're coming to get you. When did you write that? Oh, in the days before the funeral. Very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I can hear the emotion in your voice as you read that. It's probably taking you back. Yeah. But that's our promise and that we've made a promise and we're not, we've got no intentions of letting anyone down. The three of us got up there in front of, there was probably over 500 people at the funeral and we got up there and we made a promise and we're not letting anyone down. So this is your promise to women all over the country, not just the Central Coast? Yeah. And this is our promise to whatever this sickness or whatever you want to call it, whatever it is, let's pick the wrong person. And your children, how do they feel about that? Well, we're all, all in it together, yeah. Whatever it takes, yeah. My son Jack works with me 
Hopefully, plan is to once he can take over the business and I can concentrate on this. You'll give more to this? Yeah. Well, that's amazing. And well done to you in an area where a lot of men don't want to talk about it. And I don't think it's ignorance. I don't think that they don't want to know. I think maybe the area scares them. No, I think they'd be happy to know, but there's no one there to tell them. Yeah. So if women haven't been told, guys have got no chance. Do you think men need education from men or women or it doesn't matter? I don't know how it's going to come about, but I think... Just together, like men and women together, say, listen, this is a serious thing. It's not just you're going to have hot flushes. It's not just about the thermostat. It's not that, and it's not what you've been told. Like Women have been told since they've been kids and stuff that your periods will stop and that's menopause. And you'll have a few hot flushes, and that's totally wrong. I'll be honest with you, I didn't even learn about the term perimenopause probably until I saw your foundation. And I think that's when I first really heard the term perimenopause. Well, that's good. That's what another person we've helped then. Yeah. But I haven't really looked into it until now when I now look back and go, oh, hang on a minute. That's the time when this all started happening in my life and this started happening in my life. That was perimenopause. That's one of the first things a professor said to us. Is a lot of this is all retrospective because you don't know until you've had it and you look back and say, oh, shit. And then you can see the milestones and you can see where the conflicts in the family happened more or the conflicts in relationship happened more or you started drinking more. All of those things. There's a lot of damage being done. Because the thing is, you are going to be still having periods when you're in perimenopause. And I think that's what maybe women don't connect. Misinformation. You're getting told the wrong thing. Yeah. We think that there's only menopause. That's the marker. But that's just one day. That's when it ends. When you hit menopause and the period stop, that's when it's all over. You know, that's when you start calming down and settle down. So it's being told the whole wrong story. Now, there is some benefits. I've heard a lot of women talking in menopause podcasts that this time of our life is as crazy as it can be and is, there are some benefits if we make those lifestyle changes, if we do those things to support our mental health and self-care and find those things that we enjoy. If our partners can be empathetic, if they can understand and show understanding and empathy, that's going to help us enormously. Get you out of bed and say, okay, we're going for a walk. Simple as that. Yeah. And then if we also know that's what's happening, we can seek out girlfriends of the same age, try and talk to them, find out if it's happening to them. Yes. Yeah. I think it's not a bad thing happening to me. It's my fault. That's the biggest thing. People think, oh, my brain's going, it's all my fault. And-, and I think also there's probably some fear. Some women don't want hormone replacement therapy. Not that I'm saying they shouldn't have it at all in this. They should see their GP and find out if it's right for them. But they certainly shouldn't put off seeing a GP because they don't want hormone replacement therapy. There's other things we can do. There is a lot before you get to that stage, but there's a lot of misinformation about that too. Well, when I read that list out to you before, this is what shocked me as I was preparing for this interview. When I read the symptoms of perimenopausal depression, I have every single one of them. And I would not at all consider myself depressed. There. It's not sadness. No. So Debbie wasn't sad. She was just psychosis and just disappointed with herself. Just thought she'd done something wrong. That's the other thing, like misdiagnosed. It's just women getting antidepressants, which can make it worse too. I think it seems like women in their 40s, if GPs could tell us when we hit 40, they could tell us then. They could say, by the way, you're now this age. You need to look out for these things. Find yourself a nutritionist, find yourself a psychologist, get your supports around you. 
in case you have a tough time. Yeah, psychologists, you can wait months to get into them too. You can. I do think for men as well, like let's just hope that there can be better resources for men out there. There's not many. I looked online. There's really not many. And we need to hear the stories. I thank you today for telling your story. It's very important that people can hear from someone with a lived experience of the trauma that can be caused from perimenopause yeah, it's not just hot flushes it affects your brain and you would never have seen your wife debbie as being someone who would do what she did well that's the trouble too she was the strongest person out of all of us you never say you wouldn't think someone like that would do it and I was, what the professor was saying then that a lot of it's women like their ceos and people important jobs and stuff that it happens to that's not the people that you think what is your personal message to the listeners today reach out to each other yeah. women get out there and Talk to each other if you think you're going through perimenopause or you're struggling with anything. Help each other out. Guys as well. Mm-hmm. Don't think that people are going crazy or anything and don't think it's your fault. I think that's one of the big things too. Also, it can be solved. There are solutions out there. There are a lot of solutions out there. It's a matter of connecting the people with the solutions and that's our main goal at the moment is of finding a way to connect women with help one of the things i've done craig is i taught myself a guitar and piano things i've wanted to do my whole life and i did that during covid because i've been going through extreme anxiety with perimenopause but didn't know that's what it was just blamed covid but i definitely had covid anxiety and perimenopausal anxiety and it was way too much to cope with and uh, i started learning the instruments and they absolutely helped me enormously as does movement. Getting on the exercise bike, going for a walk, swimming. Exercise for your, your mind and your body. Yeah, exactly. These are things that we need more education about and more handouts to women from our GPs. Yes, and we'll find out the best age group to get this message. Yeah, when do you think people need to hear it? In their 40s, 30s? Thir- late 30s and 40s. So what is your final request to healthcare providers about perimenopause. If you were speaking to a room full of healthcare providers, what would you like to say when it comes to perimenopause support? To just get yourself educated the best you can about perimenopause, what it is and how it affects men and women, their lives, and have an answer. If someone comes to you with symptoms, have an answer for them. Don't dismiss it. Don't dismiss it. Don't just say, here's some antidepressants. See you later. Mm. And that's where we want to try and help to give them somewhere to go. Somewhere to send that they can say, okay, see these people. Yeah. And they'll be psychiatrists. Wouldn't that be wonderful? would be wonderful to have that on the Central Coast and, and around the country. Well, that's our goal. That's, our, yeah. that's what we're really striving for. Very good. You need a major sponsor for that one. That'd be lovely. Yep, definitely. People can sponsor you, by the way, um, on the Facebook page and I think on your website. There's ways to give. Yep. And do you have a message for men listening to this podcast? Yes, just watch out for the signs and just be aware of the signs and be aware that what you've been told about menopause is wrong and it's the time before menopause that's dangerous and if you think this might be happening... Reach out and get help. And educate yourself. Find out as much as you can early. Early, yeah. And don't give up. To, you know, if, they, if the woman says, no, 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 I'm all right, just keep an eye and just say, okay, no, you're not. 
and there's a lot of stuff online now you can find. Well, I am very sorry for your loss, uh, your loss of your wife, the mother. Very sorry. There's just not enough crisis help for women in this area. Um, Obviously, people can call the crisis helplines, though. Um, That's the first port of call. But it would be wonderful to see more support, more education, more face-to-face connections with people around this topic. It shouldn't be shunned and pushed under the table. It's not women's business. It's society's business. And it's, as I say, it's not your fault. This is something that's happened, will happen to everybody at a different, probably obviously at a different level, affects you different. Some women are fortunate and breeze through it, but that's the rare. Yeah, but the stories we've been hearing that people are putting out what they've gone through, and you think, wow, and they're only just opening up now and telling people because because what we're doing, they said, well, here's my story. Which, and they've been keeping it to themselves all this time. Where do you hear these stories, Craig? When we do our events, people come up and talk. We've done a few sort of talks like at the golf club in front of ladies that after their golf day, they all come and I get up there and Sue comes with me from the Iris Foundation. She's my buddy. Fantastic. She helps me, helps me out. Sue's wonderful. I've met Sue. Have you? She's lovely, yes. I've got a very good friend that works for Iris. I think more talks in this area would be good and talks where it's not just pitched to women to attend but women and their partners, family, you know, adult children. They need to know what's going on. Yeah. Whether you can get out of there out there in the high schools or something, or women are that sort of age when their kids are in year eleven and twelve. And let's have the GPs come along to these events as well, and or do separate ones. Yeah. Have you thought of doing that? Well, we thought of a lot, a lot of stuff. <laughs> it all it all comes down to money. Yeah, and we've had we've sort of been down a bit quiet lately. Now we've got uh, Vanessa Allen helping us out, so we're back up and running. But people can certainly reach out, go to the website, go to Facebook. They can support, they can donate. What will you do with the further donations you get for anyone listening to here that might want to donate? Where do you think that money is going to go so people have an idea? At the moment, it'll be going to awareness and getting more work for Vanessa out there so she can get more messages out there. Yeah. And then we'll eventually get the all together in the in a clinic is the is the, is our goal. So we need a major sponsor for that. Anyone listening? <laughs> any any business people not listening? Just, not even just sponsors, like even just doctors that come along and say, Yeah, okay, I can help. Send people to me and now that would be a big help, just having a doctor say, Hey, I'm keen. You'd love to see a physical building, Debbie Gaunt Foundation. Yeah, so we'll give them a building. If any doctors out there wanna jump on, we'll give you a building to go to. You will? Yeah. You'll raise the funds for that. Yep. Very good. Excellent. We have talked about a lot of things today. Again, well done to you for not just letting what happened to Debbie be the end of her story. Her story continues. What do you think she would think about what you're doing? She'd be embarrassed, I'd imagine. I suppose everyone would be the same. Hopefully she'd be saying that you're doing good. I'm I'm sure she would have wanted help. If she had have known what was happening to her, they're not just thinking she's losing her mind and going crazy. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, um, let's hope that today's podcast goes out and people can um, spread it around, share it around and uh, make the difference in people's lives. Yeah, the more people talk to each other and share experiences Mm. and just grow it because there's a lot of people out there pushing this as it seems to be all happening. Like it's all seems to be coming out at the moment. Probably in the last year there seems to be a lot more awareness. 
your foundation's probably had a lot to do with that. I hope so. There's another lady, Shelley Horton, too. She's on Channel 9 and 9 Honey. She's just started uh, an online course you can do as well. Shelley said, I have been so upset about feeling sideswiped. I created an online course about peri and menopause in the workplace. And this is excellent. I've got a link to her website in the show notes. It's called Don't Sweat It. And the website says that on any given day, 78% of women aged between 45 and 54 are part of the Australian workforce. It means that over 1 million women are experiencing perimenopause or have recently experienced menopause at work. Don't Sweat It is an online training program centred on peri and menopause in the workplace, but it's not just for the ladies. Designed for all genders, as well as all sufferers and their colleagues and bosses, this course guides you through navigating these tricky times. Facts and empathy will replace stigma and silence. And she says the result will be a better workplace for everyone. She's also been a guest in Dear Menopause. I heard her speak very open about her struggles. And it's about time we have more of this. Yeah. So it seems to be changing. And hopefully we can push it further and get a clinic and, and grow. You probably won't know the true impact of your foundation. You'll probably underestimate it. Like I said, I became aware. Well, yeah, I didn't know that. So that's good. I thought menopause was the big thing, but it's perimenopause that's the big thing. Yeah. So how did you feel when you when you found that out? I actually felt ripped off. Yeah, yeah. I felt ripped off. I thought all these visits to my GP for the same issues, for the same problems, for the same struggles, and I thought, why didn't she tell me? Do you think that's an education thing with doctors? I think the consults are so short, so hard to get in that we bring multiple issues to them. But we walk out as women with about 15 other things that we wanted to bring up. So I think it's a combination of education and not enough time for our appointments. And the government needs to do more here. Yeah. Well, that's that package the New South Wales government has just released. Ronnie Taylor, she's a politician. She's put it on her website. But there should be community forums that the government sets up that we can go to. If you have Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, people can go to that all around the country, little meetings everywhere to help you. Yep, gamblers. Gamblers, they need to do the same thing here for people with perimenopause. Not with shame, but we can just go, we can share symptoms, we can see that we're not alone, other people are going through it. You can ask someone, how did you get through that? How did you cope with the hot flushes? What did you do for the anxiety? And we can share tips. Yeah, get out and go for a walk together. Exactly, yeah. Look, thanks again, um, Craig. Wonderful, wonderful to talk to you. Wonderful work that the Debbie Gaunt Foundation is doing. All the best to you and your family. Anything else you want to add before I say goodbye? Well, just thanks for having me and giving your time to me. And hopefully this helps a lot of people. I'm absolutely sure that it will, Craig. So thank you. Uh, thanks for being a guest on Central Coast Stories. Yeah, and my phone number is on there if anyone thinks they want to bring me yeah, on the sure. website and the Facebook page. There's an email down there. Excellent. And they can also reach out to Monash. Yeah, that's, and the people down there are so lovely. And I think if I could say a parting thing to any woman out there, no matter how many symptoms you've got, no matter how overwhelming it seems, there is help for you. 
there's a lot of help out there. We just need to connect the people. So all this money the government are giving to the people, putting into this now, is, is, is not really any good if you can't get access to it and you don't know what it is. Exactly. So that's, where, that's our first goal. All right, excellent. Thanks again, Craig. Okay, thank you and goodbye. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And again, if it's raised any issues for you or someone you love, please call Lifeline on 13114 or Beyond Blue 1300 224636. And then there's a suicide callback service on 1300 659 467. I've just come across an excellent resource by Mama Mia. They did a perimenopause summit. It's called Very Peri Summit. This is still available online. It is $99, but you'll get access to some great specialists speaking about a range of topics to do with perimenopause. And you will also get to hear from Professor Kulkarni herself regarding mood swings and rage. And I really encourage you, if you can't afford it yourself, get together with some girlfriends, have a walk, have some tea and pay for it together and watch together. I'll put the link to that in the show notes also. The next episode of Central Coast Stories will publish sometime in August. And please be kind to the women in your life and share this episode with them when with your families and open up the discussion about perimenopause society needs it to be discussed please share the episode but all information in today's episode is copyright contact me for republishing permissions at centralcoaststories at gmail.com thanks again for listening see you next time